welcome back to Kelakai the podcast. My name is Michael Kraft, and I'm joined as always by Bruno Minus. How you doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. It's a pretty exciting day today, guys. Hey, that's good to hear. Our guest this week, we've got a special guest. His name is Scott Boyce. He is a BYU Hawaii alumni, and he is now the clinical director for New Haven, a residential treatment center for adolescent girls. How are you doing today, Scott? I'm doing really well, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here. Hey, pleasure to have you on the podcast. You know, I used to, uh, if you don't mind me referring to this, I used to, you know, I yeah. graduated from BYUH, and um, I used to work for the Kialakai. I was an editor for a year there. And, oh, nice. Uh, hey, this was a little bit before uh, podcasts and things like that, but it was, I think my last year there was 1987. But uh, you hey, know, I was working with Larry go. Lau in the TV studio and uh, writing for the newspaper and doing all those kind of things. I have great memories there from uh, my couple of years at BYU Hawaii. I am a proud Shit, graduate. I did, not, <laughs> I did not even know that about you. That's awesome. So I guess yeah. it's a Kilikai reunion. Yeah, it's, it's full circle, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, almost. <laughs> hope my circle continues for a little while longer, but uh, it's exciting to to see how it's all changed. Shoot, yeah, I bet. I bet that's that's neat. So, what was it like when you were there uh, at BYU Hawaii? You know, it was fantastic. It was. Um, you know, I was preparing for a career in television journalism. And uh, like I said, I worked with Larry Lau, with Dennis Lisenby, in the, who I think was the person who started the TV show back then. I remember uh, Dale Robertson was a teacher, and I think Dale just retired a couple of years ago. And Randy Day was one of my teachers, fantastic guy. And I think he just retired a couple of years ago. So um, I, don't, I don't know if any of my old professors are still there, but I have really great memories of them and uh, just had a fantastic experience at BYU Hawaii and, and, and with, you know, writing for the paper and, and, and covering news all over the Island. And we used to do a little surf report on TV and bring in some of the professional surfers on the Island to come in and interview them and, and talk story a little bit. So fantastic memories of BYUH. Occasionally I would be going to school, drive right past the entrance, go surf for half an hour, come back with wet hair to my second class <laughs> Uh, I didn't do that too often because I did graduate, but um, you know, like I say, it was just such a unique and, and awesome experience. It still, um, you know, kind of blesses my life now with the, the things that I learned there and the experiences that I had. Why did you choose hey, no, BYU Hawaii? You know, I had always besides wanted, the surfing, <laughs> it's, that was a big part of it. Yeah, we were. For, I was living in Georgia, and we always wanted to. I always wanted to dreamed of living in Hawaii. And, um, I remember I was, I'd finished missionary service and I was going to a, a JC and, and I was transferring to BYUH. And one of my friends said, how are you going to Hawaii? You're, you're moving from Georgia to Hawaii. And I said, we're just doing it. And so uh, we did it and, and no regrets. It was just awesome experience there. And, and like I said, it was just a dream. I grew up in California. It was a dream of mine as a little kid to someday live in Hawaii and to be out there living that dream and. Yeah, our first house we got was in Kailua uh, on the beach. And so um, I had a friend of mine call up and say, hey, can I talk to Scott? And she said, well, he's surfing. He goes, oh, I'll call back later. And she goes, no, let me call him. And so I came in and crowd, crowd jumped on the phone and had a conversation with my friend. But what an amazing lifestyle and it's a beautiful place to live and go to school. Yeah, she. No, I I miss living on the island right now. It's it's a lot different being in Utah than than out there. It's a different story. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. You said you're studying to be um to to do journalism and, and TV reporting. So, what? what tell, tell us a little a little bit about that, like how you went from from doing that to where you are now. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I grew up loving sports and and realized I wasn't good enough to be a professional athlete. So I thought the me- next best thing would be in broadcasting and and to cover sports. And so. I went to BYU-H with the idea of becoming a sports reporter. And, and like I say, I did my time there and got some really good experience and did radio for a little bit after that and then ultimately got a TV gig. And I remember the first job I got, 411 people applied for it. And this was back in the, hey, this was back in the heyday of television where everyone wanted to do local news, and uh-huh. especially sports. And um, so I got that gig and, and uh, worked in television for about 10 years and uh, just had a great time, great experience, met lots of cool people, uh, all of who are retired now. I met, you know, Michael Jordan, Peyton Manning, um, you know, Charles Barkley, um, Shaquille O'Neal. I got a one-on-one with Shaquille O'Neal, one of the great <laughs> thrills of my career. And um, so just had a fantastic time working in uh, television. Was When ESPN was first getting kicked up, uh, I did a little stringing for, for them too. Um and so that was super fun. Used to get the paychecks with the ESPN logo on them. So uh, pretty cool. <laughs> hey, that that's neat. That's way cool. Yeah, it was awesome. So how did you, what, what made you want to jump from that to um, working in the mental health field that you're doing well, now? You know, it, it's interesting. Um, when I was a, a younger man, I met a guy who was a marriage and family therapist, and just a great guy and had a wonderful family. And, and I just kind of tucked that back in my hip pocket and said, you know, someday that might be something I want to do. Um, I want to chase a couple of the dreams before that. Um, and then, you know, as I, as I got deeper into broadcast and we started having children um, and, and you know how it is in journalism, the hours, it was late nights and weekends and, and not terribly family friendly work. And so I started thinking about going back to grad school and becoming a therapist. So ultimately I left television, uh, became a stockbroker, worked my way through graduate school at night and then um, working in the financial industry during the day with three kids. And um, it was a rock and roll in time and became a therapist ultimately. And that was about 20, a little over 22 years ago. Wow. I'm old, you I, know, I've done lots of stuff. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Not. So you went from being a, uh, TV journalist covering sports, then to stockbroker, and then to a, a family therapist. Yeah, and, so, and I really so wanted to do are... something as I got older. I wanted to do something that that I felt like would make a difference, that would have an impact. Uh-huh. And and, um, and so you know, I had always just kind of like I said, I had that in my back pocket, and was um, excited. And, and lots of great blessings to our family, and 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 just through. You know, it's now because I've been working so long and I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people and family, people and families. And it's just been a great career, you know, for us. And um, and it does make you know, it's a, it's a little bit more fulfilling than reading a teleprompter. Um, as much fun as all that was. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's been a rich and, and rewarding experience. I have a question about, um, I guess, psychology in general. Sure. If you don't mind. So like, obviously the pandemic just came upon us out of nowhere. And then the quarantine, mm-hmm. what do you think people's, I don't know, mental health. Do you, you think they were, people were prepared for this or just 
or are we still yeah i'm not sure if i'm articulating this but like how are how should we be like be mentally um preparing ourselves for this well you know it's a, that's a great question because this is i've been around for a while and this is unlike anything else i've ever experienced and you know, i remember the civil rights movement the vietnam war you know all of these things that have happened over these decades and we've never had anything quite like this um it is just really singular in the way that it's affected people and and you know one of the things i think about is you know, first of all, the anxiety surrounding that and, and, you know, having to be kind of locked in and shut down. And the other thing I think about that I think is, is just hugely challenging for people is the sense of loss is that, you know, people who were going to graduate from college never got to walk people who were going to go to their junior, senior prom, never got to go to their prom. And and these are, these are kind of, you know, small things you think from some perspective, but they are milestones and rites of passage that people have not been able to uh, participate in. And so I think about all of the sense of loss. Um, you know, I was talking to a family just recently and said, you know, in, in our family, in our circle of friends, we're big huggers. We love to, you know, that's just our way of greeting each other. And we can't do that anymore. And again, it sounds like a small thing, but it's a big loss for people who engage each other. And, and we've been so isolated through this. Um, you know, what we're doing right now, um, you know, as, as how everyone's conducting business and oftentimes how they're, they're corresponding with dear friends and things like that is that we're not together and we're not enjoying that connection that's so powerful to us that makes our lives rich and rewarding. So so that's a great question. And, and it um, it is very singular in its effect on, on, you know, not just our country, but the entire world. I have another question. Um, in general, what could people do to keep mentally healthy to, to be, to be sharp, to be not as like preoccupied with the loss you said. Yeah. And you know, every, every time there's a challenge, every time there's an obstacle, there's also some opportunities. So people are, people are doing things and connecting in ways that, that they typically wouldn't. They're trying to make the best of a challenging and difficult situation. You know, more people are home than they've ever been. And, and again, for some people that's strengthening that family unit for other people, it's tearing it apart a little bit because they've never spent that much time together. They have to interact in ways that they haven't had to interact before. You might have one partner in one room, you know, working another one, in another room working and they're together all day. And then they're together all night. And um, commuting is challenging for some people and other people. It's a time to decompress and relax. Um, you know, I've read that Amazon was doing kind of a simulated thing where people would have this, this break and the, including commuting noises and things like that to help them transition from working at home to being at home and then doing the things you do when you get at home from work because we don't have that transition anymore. Um, so just a, a myriad of, of kind of challenges. But again, I think people are reading more books. People are, you know, engaging things in, um, you know, as far as their health and fitness and, uh, you know, picking up new hobbies and crafts and things like that. But um, I would say that the the downside is probably more than the upside, um, but it's caused us to be really creative. It's stretched us in a way that we haven't been stretched before. And, and anytime, anytime something brand new happens, you learn things about yourself. And sometimes there are things that you want to know, and sometimes there are things that you don't necessarily want to know, but it gives you an opportunity to work on those things. So um, yeah, it's just, I just, I was working with missionaries at the Mexico city MTC and I was telling them as this, as this came out, I said, you know, when you're around your grandchildren, you know, 30, 40, however long it takes for you to have some grandchildren, 
you'll tell them you went on a mission during the time of the pandemic and they'll know what you're talking about because it is such a unique and challenging time. So that's my long answer to a short question. <laughs> I've got a question for you. Sure. Uh, what are some things that you've been doing uh, to kind of keep thing to keep your, your own mental health uh, going strong during this time? You know, it, it's been difficult because, you know, we were serving a mission at the Mexico City MTC as, and I was the area mental health advisor and my wife was a registered nurse and we took a sabbatical year. It was a dream that we had. We wanted to serve a mission while we were young and, uh, and had that opportunity. And like so many others, our mission was cut short. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we loved it. We cherish it. But we didn't get the experience that we were expecting to get, at least the full experience we're expecting to get. And, and then coming home and, and, and not having a homecoming. Not being able to, you know, being quarantined for 14 days, not being able to see our family and friends and all these people we love and support. And um, and it's really, you know, my wife and I have been married for 38 years and and I adore her and and um and I and I not only love her, but I like her. And so we have spent a lot of time together. And that's one of the ways a real blessing for me that um we just have spent more time together and and we've just done all kinds of things. We've on hikes and and we just we had just have explored and adventured and um, but you know so much of it has has been solo and I'm in a little bit different situation because as you mentioned I work for New Haven which is a residential treatment center and so I go to work every day you know I'm around other people and we're all masked up and we're doing that whole thing but I'm around other people every day so I have those social interactions along with my professional interactions which kind of helps fill that spot. Um, Mm -hmm. but it, it really has, you know, just, there's, there's people I want to see and there's people I want to put my arms around and people I want to, um, just be close to that I haven't been able to. And so again, I've, I've embraced those relationships that are my deepest connections, um, and really drawn closer to those. And I've also been reading and studying things like that more. And I'm also reaching out more, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to have old friends. You know, I have friends from middle school believe it or not, that I'm still tight with. And so I call them and connect with them. And, and I've reached out to people that I haven't talked to for years and years and years. And so uh, just a myriad of different ways. And I think physical exercise is super important, um, you know, just to your mental health in general. And so we exercise every day. And on weekends, we go for long hikes and, and do some things. I just got done with my work camping out in um, Moab for a week. I was in a tent for a week and we had all kinds of outdoor experiential activities with our families and the girls that we work with. And um, it was great to be disconnected outdoors, which I think is safer when it comes to the pandemic and, um, you know, being taking precautions, but still doing those things and engaging nature. Uh, that's been another key for me um, as far as kind of managing this difficult situation. I noticed that too. Like I always felt like growing up, I felt like I was like a cat kind of like, don't touch me. Don't like, more introverted, but like right. now with the pandemic, it's, I, I know that emotions is important, like getting a hug or right. giving a hug even is, um, you know, it's very important for our mental health. Like we, we yeah. need that embrace and yeah, just like you said, it's very important. Yeah. And, and, and it's something that has been really challenging for people. People feel isolated and disconnected enough and they're not getting that physical touch and they're not, you know, being able to kind of be together as big groups. And that's the, the hard thing about this pandemic is, you know, things that we used to love, like, you know, college football games and, you know, just being in big groups and, you know, people used to love singing in choirs and doing all those things, you know, can't do that anymore. 
because of this, those are some of the most dangerous things you can do and, and finding a way to kind of plug something else in that'll help meet that need is super important and, and really challenging. Yeah. I remember, um, I think one of my, f- I don't know if it's sad or not, but one of my favorite things when I was in Hawaii was just to go into the office and just work there and, you know, see people coming in and coming out and just talking with them. And yeah. then once this whole pandemic started, that's kind of been taken away. And yeah. I'm a pretty introverted person myself. So that's like, I pick and choose what big social interactions I want to be a part of. And so like when, like the one big social place that that i enjoy is gone then i feel like shoot this yeah this really does suck a lot yeah it's taking away people's refuges you know and, and so even if you're an introvert and some you know people were joking when this all came out that it's like this is the world that all inter- introverts have hoped for you know we all get to be alone we all get to kind of do our own thing and kind of well, maybe in the beginning it was awesome like yeah i, I I'm was no more say. like going places but now it's like okay i kind of want to yeah. go to the theaters now i want to go out to a restaurant mm-hmm. but yeah, that story's over. I mean, it was, I think it was just kind of a, a funny little joke that people made. But then when the reality set in that you know, people are introverted, but even if you're introverted, you still need contact. You still need connection. You still need touch. Mm-hmm. You still need all those things. You just don't need them maybe as much as someone who's extroverted, but you still need them. And um, yeah. so it's been rough. Yeah, no, it's, it's, been, it's been a tough go of it the last, I don't know, how long has it been? Six months now? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, it's been it's been it's been long. It's been too long. I know it's long. funny. I mean, you get in your car and, and I see my pile of masks. So, what mask am I going to bust out today? You know. <laughs> yeah. You know, six months it's, ago that didn't exist. Surgeons wore yeah. masks. You know, people robbing banks wore masks. But now uh-huh. everybody's wearing masks. So. And now you go to the airport, you're expected to wear a mask. Yeah. Right? Isn't that crazy? Like. I took this uh this issues with terrorism class back in when we still had school. And like and we talked about <laughs> airport security, right? How it's changed since nine eleven, but now it's totally back to the different thing. And I think it's just very interesting how like the mask is more important now. Right. It's it it really has impacted uh-huh. every facet of life. And there's few things that we experience in society that do that. Um yeah, you can't you cannot you know, I was I was joking with a friend of mine. I said, you know, I can't remember the last time I had a conversation with anyone that didn't say the word COVID in it or Corona. You uh-huh. know, something I hadn't ever said, you know, six months ago. Now, every conversation can say, contains some aspect of that, even if you're meeting somebody new. Probably uh-huh. because they have a mask on their face and you really don't know who they are anyway. So, um yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how like language has totally changed. Like before, no one really said pandemic, quarantine. Only people from the right. CDC talked about that, or maybe yeah. biology students. But now everybody knows what that's like. Yeah. Everyone talks about social distancing, keep keep apart. You know, I think just everything has changed. Yep, it is a different world, and you know, it'll hopefully get back to normal at some point. But uh, yeah. we're all doing our best, I think. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough, and it's kind of presented a whole new um, set of challenges that everyone has to deal with. Right. Um, and I guess you see a lot more. At least I have seen a lot more these days. People talking about how much more important it is to like um, focus on your mental health and making sure that that you're doing all right. 
right. uh, now that that everyone feels I don't know I guess is more susceptible to 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 having poor mental health these days. Well, it is. I mean, you know, we're already living in a in a country that where depression and anxiety are are at all time highs, and especially when you look at younger people, you know, demographic, you know, fifteen to twenty four, um, is you know, suicide, depression are at all time highs, and that mm-hmm. was before the pandemic, and so this has yeah. exacerbated those kind of situations. So people who are feeling lonely and isolated and depressed are now feeling more lonely and isolated and depressed. And so, again, you know, we should all be aw- always be aware of our mental health and, and doing all kinds of things as far as self-care goes and coping skills and those kind of things. But if you're struggling, if you're having a really hard time already, and then this gets plugged in, um, you know, we all need to remind ourselves that we're under a level of stress. Um, and, and for a lot of people, anxiety and, and concern that we've never been under before. And, uh, and so, you know, kind of looking out for each other and checking in with each other and, um, not only doing things, self-care for ourselves, but reaching out to other people and, and caring for them and knowing that they're not forgotten. And, you know, especially, you know, if you were a person who was lonely, like I said, lonely or sad or depressed or whatever, you're more lonely now, you know, you feel more isolated now. So that's a, that's a huge part of this. And it was already an issue before the pandemic. You know, we were already mm-hmm. at all-time highs, especially in that demographic, um, which was concerning and continues to be even more concerning now within the current situation. Yeah, no, most definitely. We're getting close to uh, our, our, our time limit, but before we go, I just wanted to ask you, what are some things that like people can do to help their friends and family and, and, and people who are struggling you know, with depression, anxiety, especially these days with the pandemic going on? Right. And, and I think, you know, checking in with each other is really important. You know, I have a friend of mine who, you know, like I said, I met him in, in ninth grade and we've been good friends for many, many years. And he, you know, he lives by himself. His mom's struggling with some illnesses. He's struggling with some illnesses and, and I need to check in on him more. I need to, to touch base with him more. And so it's, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this is something that works. It's a real blessing to us as well as to others when we reach out, we reach outside ourselves and touch base with people. You know, how you doing? How you holding up? And you know, how you getting along? Hey, do you want to take a walk? Do you want to do this? Do that? And you know, just just being there and checking in with people, um, and 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 hopefully, and this is kind of a reciprocal kind of thing that we need to be honest with people. If we're having a hard time, let people know that hey, man, I'm feeling really lonely. I'm feeling really down. I'm really struggling right now, and and let people know what you need. You know, and 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 typically, you know, they're our friends. They're going to respond. They're going to they're going to say, hey. Let's hang out. Let's do this. Let's do that. Um, let's check in. Let's do whatever we need to do. And, you know, coping skills is a big piece of this is, you know, we all need a variety of coping skills. And so it may be mm-hmm. music for you. It may be reading a book. It may be art. And, you know, binging a little bit on Netflix is not against the law. You know, all <laughs> things within some, some kind of limit. So if you, if you get some pleasure, some relaxation from that within limits, do that. You know, nature is fantastic. I mean, you know, if we're going to make a magic pill, that would cure the most things. It would be exercise, it would be physical activity, because it will lift your lift your moods. It help reduce stress, reduce anxiety. You'll feel physically better. You'll have more energy. Your brain will function better. So, we know all these things, but for whatever reason, we're not great at it. But that's a great thing to plug in, and that's something that will 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 help every single person who can engage that on whatever level they can. So, all these things, you know, 
writing, listening to music, um, artwork is can be really wonderful. So so just digging in and, and expanding your your coping skills. I was talking to my brother and he's looking for something. I said, you should try fishing. Fishing's very relaxing. It's a lot of fun. You're out in nature and, and things like that. He says, I'm, you know, I'm going to go, you know, do some more fishing. So just plugging in these little things can help us stay close and, but, but checking in with each other. You know, I love, I love the expression, I got your back. And so there's certain people in uh-huh. our lives that we know have our back and that have our, that they have our back. And so reaching out to those people and making sure they know that somebody's there for them. And, um, and if you need help reaching out to someone and asking for help, which is a super hard thing to do sometimes, but our friends will, will, will be there for us. If they say, Hey, I'm struggling or whatever. Um, our friends will be there for us. So those are some things, you know, engage your coping st- skills, reach out to people and do everything you can to stay connected within the parameters of, of trying to be safe with this and, and be respectful of people's health. Yeah, no, most definitely. Thanks so much for, for you know for, for for those tips and, and and for coming on the show today. We really appreciate you taking the time and and, and talking to us. My pleasure. Yeah, we're, we're all part of the same big family, the Kielakai family. You know? <laughs> it's us. Yeah, I'm sure we have listeners who are maybe struggling with this, and yeah. we don't know. Maybe we'll help them out with this episode. Yeah, that would that would be awesome. I think I think this is a a really appropriate thing to be kind of digging into right now and again hopefully it creates some some discussion and and helps some people kind of work through this just really it's an extraordinary time a time unlike anyone is really most of us who are living have ever experienced Mm -hmm. yeah no it's 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 a different time than than yeah like you said than anyone really has has experienced in you know a long time i guess less since the spanish flu so it's uh it's a unique time. But anyway, thanks for, for coming on and thanks for listening if you made it this far. Uh, we'll be back next Monday at the same time. So till then, we'll see you later. Bye.